You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Oh, hey. It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh, boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here. Comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe, from humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live. We have a great show for you, our final show. That's right, of the 2023 preseason. It's over. We're going to have the last game of the Bay Bridge Series tonight, and then after that, it's uh, it's on like Donkey Kong. 2023 Bay Bridge Series. Tonight, 645 first pitch, and then after that, you got two days. We'll find out what exactly the 26-man uh, roster is, and then we'll get going. And then all the projections don't matter. All the stuff everybody's talked about in spring training, all that doesn't matter anymore. All the guys who won the winter meetings, all the guys that won the winter, doesn't matter anymore. All the hype, doesn't matter. Like in football, once they kick it off for the first time, all that stuff doesn't matter anymore. Once we have the national anthems, we got the bunting, we'll have everybody come out to the lines, we'll announce everybody, and then we get playing for real. And every pitch, every game matters. It always does. For some, more. 2012 and we always we always talk about this because it's the greatest example of what every pitch, every inning, every game, what it means to a season. It came down to the very last game between the A's and the Rangers. The very last game. And the A's, of course, would win it. Josh Hamilton boots the fly ball. The rest is history. It's one of the great runs, one of the great years of A's fans' fandom. It's one of the great years of my career and my fandom. I will never forget it. The team didn't win the World Series, but boy, did it feel like it. And it came down to the very last, very, very, very last out. The A's, 2012, were the only team in the history of baseball to have never led once. They never led once. The only time they ever led the division was when the final out was made and they won the division. Crazy. Never happened before. And you look back, the Rangers needed to win just one more game in April, May, June, and they would have never been in that predicament 
A's go on, win the West, play the Tigers. Rangers go to the wild card game and lost to who? 2012, the Rangers would have lost to who was in the World Series that year? Giants and Tigers. Yeah. Was it? The, no, it wasn't Detroit. Um, no, we played Detroit. In the I know. I'm try, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say the Rays because I don't think it was them. Who am I? I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you. I don't remember. All right. Who cares? I, I didn't care because the A's were moving on. I have no idea who Texas played. I was thinking you'd know. That'd be Buck Showalter and the Baltimore Orioles. And they lost. Yep. The Rangers lost. Think about that. The Rangers led the West all year long. And, were, and the A's just reeled them in, reeled them in, reeled them in. And then, boom, last day of the year, will the A's sweep, A's win, Rangers got to go to a, a wild card game. They were disappointed. They showed it in the wild card game. They played one extra game and went home. So don't ever let anybody tell you that the first games of the season don't matter because the first games of the season, they matter just as much in the standings as the last games. And even for bad teams, even teams that are bad, every pitch, every inning matters for these guys' careers because you never know. You never know how long you're going to be here. You never know how long you're going to have this opportunity to play Major League Baseball. It could be an inning. It could be an at-bat. It could be 11 games. I mean, you just start looking at guys, right? Rooker may may make the team. How many games has he played in the big leagues? He hasn't played 100. Yeah, I don't think it's that many. It's uh, not even close. It's not even close. Brent Rooker in his career has he's 20, played. He's 28 years old. He's played in a total of 81 games. Yeah. Connor Capel's played in what, 11? Yeah, not many. No, 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 no. He played 11 going into last, last year, year with the A's. Yeah, yeah he's under 100. I mean, you, there's no guarantees for any of these guys, whether it's performance, whether it's injuries. You're fighting for your professional life, no matter what the team, no matter what the situation. Now, for good teams, you're fighting for playoffs. You're fighting for glory. You're fighting for legacy. You're fighting for that ring. And that's what makes it all so special. And it all starts on Thursday. I cannot wait. So this is it. This is the final show of the preseason. And I have something that I wrote down that I want to share. And let's just see what happened in spring. But I wrote this down on A stationary. I wrote the. Do you remember when I wrote this down? Um, do you remember where, where we were? Uh, I, I'm trying to remember. Um, were we spring training? We, we, games hadn't been started yet. I was in my hotel. I was. I saw Rendon Pulhos. That made me think of the Pulhos contract, right? The the he starts his thing with them yeah, or whatever. This was. Uh, so I wrote this down in my hotel room, uh, getting ready for the show about how Pulhos was starting his ten million ten ten million ten year contract with the Angels to be an ambassador for the team, and talking about the dot. So I got Dodgers on here. Payroll, Padres payroll out of control. We're now finding out a lot about the Padres now. It's like, whoa. You know, the teams, you know, everybody flipped out about, well, first of all, they misprinted how much the A's made. Yeah. They told you how much the A's made. A lot of you went ran with that. They've retracted. It's still a lot of money that the A's made, no question, but it's not even close. It was 62, now it's like 29. Something like 28, 29, something Yeah, like they retracted that. But so, anyway, and then um, – I got something about the Phillies owner, which was great. And I this was all the stuff that 
we were about to do our shows, spring training, but there's one goal that I wrote for the A's, and we'll see if they accomplish this. Uh, I really want to start today. By the way, Sarah Langs from MLB.com will be here at 430. George Contos, World Series champion with the Giants. Now you see him on NBC, Bay Area doing Giants pre- and post-game live. Our first ever guest on video for this show. Was a giant. Was a giant. <laughs> Forever giant. <laughs> oh, they released their new tagline, by the way, for this year. Oh, wait, wait. The fact that we said that, we will end up on a message board going, they brought a giant on for the first time. Let me see if I, I save their – oh, man. I think that their new tagline was nothing like it. Giants baseball, nothing like it is their tagline for 2020. Downtown, everything's great. I remember that was just like, oh, my God, we got to hear this. Uh, do I have – yeah, Giant, here it is. Giants, nothing like it. I mean, somebody's got to make this stuff up every year. It's not easy, <laughs> right? I mean, somebody's – got to come up with a slogan every year. You're paying a PR firm a lot of money. Somebody's got to do it. And then uh, Johnny D on the spot. Johnny will be at Oracle Park. We have some trivia for Johnny today, some fun trivia as we get you ready. But uh, on a serious note, uh, I wanted to talk about a legendary radio host who is no longer with us. A lot of you remember JV with the Doghouse uh, 104.9. And recently they found his body near Pier 39. We knew he'd been missing and dealing with Lyme's disease, and it was just torture for him. And he was an incredible person, and I got to know him a little bit, and I want to pay tribute to him because of his great talent and because of who he was, what he used with that great talent. So if you remember back when Howard Stern was leaving CBS Radio, he had signed the contract with... Sirius, wasn't Sirius XM then, it was Sirius. He had signed the contract with Sirius, he was leaving CBS. So it was a major deal in our industry, the radio industry, because Howard was the cash cow for morning FM stations. He was king in every market. If he wasn't number one, he was top three. And he would carry these stations. And the majority of your billing was going off the Howard Stern Show. Howard is truly one of the great radio personalities and really franchises that we've ever seen in the entertainment business, but especially in radio. There was really two guys in terrestrial radio during that time, and you want to talk about completely opposite opposites of each other. Uh, it was Howard Stern and Rush Limbaugh. Howard Stern and Rush Limbaugh. I mean, I when I was on KMBR, a lot of you kids probably wouldn't even know this. Rush Limbaugh used to be on KMBR, and he was a powerhouse. So you had Stern a powerhouse making millions upon millions of dollars, and you had Limbaugh making millions upon millions of dollars, which you always think about. It's crazy being in our area that someone like Rush, being so conservative, could have been so big on KMBR. You wouldn't think that was possible. Yeah, but that did exist at one point. And when when you had Jay, when you had Rush, not Rush, when you had Stern leave, CBS had to rebrand their stations because they had to they had to get away from the Howard Stern brand. So they created this thing called Free FM because they had this guy talk station in Los Angeles that was hugely successful. They called it Guy Talk, and I got to be a part of that launch of that new station for CBS. That had, that had had the Howard Stern show. 
And my old partner, John London, who I worked with at KMBR, now we were doing Afternoon Drive for CBS Free FM. It was a big deal. And JV at the time was no longer with the doghouse because of the issues that they had had. And they were in a lawsuit. And so he started the morning show on Free FM, but he was only going to be there for a couple months because he was then going to New York. And he was taking his show. He and Elvis were going to New York. So they were our morning show knowing that they were going to end up being in New York and they were going on to different ventures. So I got to be around him for like, it was about three months. And he grew up listening to John London. So we our shows kind of developed a relationship. And JV, you'd heard so much about him. But getting to know him a little bit and going out with him a little bit, you realize what a special person inside he was. He was so incredibly talented. And that's what these super morning show stars are. The creativity, they're really brilliant. And the way that they're able to communicate with you, the listener, the way they entertain you in traffic when people are angry and they hate being in traffic and you've got to go to work, that someone like that, the doghouse, could come come on, entertain you, make you laugh, all the hijinks of morning radio, and pushing boundaries that made management uncomfortable. And you knew it made management uncomfortable. We did that a lot, too, with John London. You make management uncomfortable, but that's what produces the juice, the ratings. And what does ratings bring? Money. Money. JV made a lot of money. A lot of money. And he was very generous with it. And I know stories about it. I actually got to talk to him about it before, that he gave so much of his heart. And he helped so many people. He helped so many people that you didn't know about. Those stories are true. They're telling it now, but it's true. He helped people in their careers, and he was never a guy to say, look what I did for Cody. Look what I did for Ray. Look what I did for Delaire. Look what I did for all of you. No, you didn't know that. He helped promote. He helped get people jobs. He helped in a lot of different ways. And there's just legendary stories of him giving away money. I remember he gave away Mercedes. He was telling me that story. I'm like, you just gave. I'm like, can you imagine you just gave away a mer- Now he had a lot of money. He was amazing. These guys were making a ton of toe, a ton of dough. But can you imagine just giving away your Mercedes? No, I couldn't imagine giving away my Volkswagen. Correct. He, he gave away a Mercedes, like a, a high end Mercedes, decked out with everything. But that's just the kind of guy he was. He had a huge heart. So I just wanted to pay tribute because I know a lot of uh, our fans out there. You grew up with him. You grew up listening to him. And I got a brief moment in time to really get to know him and see him every day. And I knew what a legend he was. And he will be missed. He's one of the great Bay Area radio personalities. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever have those again. Terrestrial radio is not in a good, it's not in a good place. Um, court, you know. Nobody wants the crazy morning show anymore. No one wants the hijinks. No one wants that. But that's what got the ratings. That's what got people. People used to wake up and wanted to listen to him. What are they going to do today? Oh, my God. What are they going to do today? 
You know, I got to know Lamont Tonelli real well for years, and they were the same way. They had crazy stuff that they would do. It made people want to get in their cars. Oh, I got to get in my car. I, I don't care them to be in traffic for an hour. I'm going to hear what they're doing. It's Tuesday, and they do this bit on Tuesday, and on Wednesday do this, and then Thursday they do that. They're entertainers. It's the entertainment business. Their prank call segments were the, be- are the best. Which ones? The Lamont and Tonelli. Oh, they're right. hilarious. They're great. I don't know how much of that radio is going to be left. But that's that you know that and that's what I grew up in. You know, I didn't grow up in the era of I just come on and tell everybody everything's great every single day and everything's sunshine lollipops and I just love everything. You know, you come in with an edge. You come in with an opinion. You come in and have some fun. It's entertainment. You come in to entertain. It's it's what talk show is all about and I know not everybody loves that. I get that. Everybody I I know what everybody would want right now. Everybody wants me, would love for me to come on and hammer and rip the owner and do all that kind of stuff, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I know it's just I'm not here to please everybody, but I'm here to entertain. And I always respected the guys that, that were around when I was really in it and the guys that came before me who were great entertainers. And JV is truly one of the greatest entertainers we've ever seen in San Francisco Bay Area history. God bless him. He'll be missed because he was a saint. I just want to mention that. Uh, Like we said, today is the last show before the regular season. We'll be on live Thursday, roaring 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. First guest confirmed, our good friend David Forrest. The GM is starting it out? Yeah. Well, no, we'll see if Kotze wants to be the, the uh, headliner at the start of the show. Usually Kotze likes to get off the field and get away from us as soon as possible. Kotze always wants to go first. I had to get him up there for first for Steve Vucinich's retirement's part. You know, so I had to emcee – not had, I loved it. I emceed Steve Vucinich's retirement party uh, down in Arizona. And the first text I, – I got multiple texts of multiple people who wanted to go first because it was going to be alphabetical, which would mean Sandy Alderson was going to be first. But, nope, first text out of the game. Who do you think the first text was? Mark Kotze. Mark Kotze. Who do you think text number two was? David Forrest. David Forrest. <laughs> it's funny. David would never say, hey, Townie, we're making a trade. Can I – Can here, here, Townie, let me help you out. <laughs> here, Here's a little breaking news for you, Townie. I don't know. The Olive Branch might have been extended to you with, with you helping him out at Vusa's thing. Maybe we'll know about it. We're going to ask him, hey, listen, I got you. I had, I had to get your manager in first. Who then he sat there in the back and drank beers, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to have David Forrest. We're going to have the manager, Mark Kotze. Who else are we going to have on opening day? I asked the Angels for our good friend. No, it's not Shohei Otani. No, it's not Mike Trout. We're not having Shohei Otani, the opening day starter on opening day. I'm hoping the guy makes that's the Bush League. I'm hoping the guy makes the team, but we're trying to get Maverick Phillips, a.k.a. Brett Phillips. Oh, God, I love him. I don't, you know what? It, you know what? Where's my rally monkey? I got a new friend with the Angels. My guy, Brett Phillips, rally monkey. I, I, you know what? I will not. He will be the one angel I don't hate. One angel I will refuse to hate, and I will root for. Not against us, but against everybody else. I'm rooting for him. Great, Brett Phillips. So, and then I have a question for one of our players as well. Obviously. Hopefully, we're hoping to get, we're efforting Jace Peterson or Ramon Laureano because yeah. we didn't get to talk to them. Tomorrow. How about Link Soul, the outfits today, huh? 
There the you. Link Soul outfits, nice sweaters that we got going today. We'll have the polos going when it warms up. LinkSoul.com, new clothing sponsor of A's Cast. So thank you very much, Link Soul. Check out all their stuff. They got a, they've got their T-shirts are awesome. They've got their whole, I mean, whether you're going to the beach, you're going to dinner, you want whatever, it's high, it's high quality and goes for anything that you're doing. We're going to wear a lot of the golf stuff, but not everything's golf stuff. And everybody was giving you compliments. We've dressed Cody up. Yeah, wife's family, big fans of uh, Link Soul, the pullover I wore on the show Friday. I had it on Friday night when I got down to uh, Pismo Beach area. How was Pismo? Um, it was a good time. I mean, we went to a Roaring Twenties-themed fundraiser. Oh. Uh, don't worry. We did just, you dress up? Zoot yeah. suit? Um, I had my uh, – I dressed up pretty nice. My wife did, too. I mean, it was for the kids. Um, <laughs> it's for the kids. It's for the kids. My wife – what Paid, kids, like, we don't know, but we, yeah. we did it for the kids. It, it was for my wife's uh, little cousins who are, you know, 11, nice. 9, and 5. So we helped them out. Uh, my wife ended up getting three bottles of wine. They were like $40 a piece each that we really didn't need, but we got those. We bid on a few things. We got our bid, thank God. It's for the kids. Don't be cheap. Yeah, well, some of these things were going for like $2,000. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I can spend that much on a cheesecake. But it was a good time, and it, it benefited the school that her cousins go to. So I was happy to be a part of that. Oh, good. And you didn't go to my favorite spot down there. Well, I don't eat seafood, so I did go to Zorro's though. I know Zorro's, you Zorro's. Yeah, Zorro's is a good spot. Mexican food, cracked crab. I sent you a picture though. I walked uh, to the pier. It's a three and a half mile walk one way. So cracked crab is awesome. So they have the, um, they'll bring out the buckets of seafood, so it can be like shrimp. Mussels, oysters, crab. I always have my add lobster, and it's the potatoes and sausage and corn, and they just dump that thing in front of you, and it's a feast. Great clam chowder too, unbelievable. You know, I was thinking of you this weekend when I when I saw the news about when we got the confirmation of something we've been told, but we got confirmation about how Fuji's going to start on Saturday, once per week on Saturdays, confirmed. Um, sounds like a five-man rotation. So we're looking at seeing who's going to be the who's going to be the fifth starter. Just to let you know, we already knew that. What? That he was the Saturday guy. Well, I don't know if it was actually publicly put out there. We were told from the inside from uh, from our sources. Folks, this is why you listen to Ace Cast. This is why you listen stream. This is why you watch the video. We told you this a long time ago. He was going to be the Saturday guy. The days of you waiting to see what the newspaper said are going away. And they're, oh, we already told you a long time ago. Diaz is going to play short. Nick Allen is not going to be the everyday guy. Diaz, we told you that. Diaz is playing again tonight short. We told you that, right? I think we were talking about that in spring training. We were talking about it a long time ago because we knew. Just because, okay, this is what we, just to kind of let everybody know this is how it works. We're not saying we're here to break news and we're going to go out on Twitter and we're breaking news and we want to be first. We just talk about it. Read between the lines. We talk about stuff. If you know we're talking about stuff, we're talking about stuff that we know. That if you're waiting that to – we love MLB.com. We love our guys with the Chronicle. We, lo we love them. Love them to death. But we told you a long time ago this stuff. We said Fuji's going to be the Saturday guy. Get ready for him to pitch once a week. We said that weeks ago. Are you? It's not breaking. It's not. That's not a because they said it. Oh, and now it's official. Well, we were telling you. We were telling you. Who's going to pitch once a week? You had. I had that. Did the whole thing about 
How are you going to get 4,374 outs with a guy pitching once a week? Do you remember that? Remember that stuff I go on and on about? Well, sometimes you got to realize we know we're giving you inside stuff without telling you it's inside stuff. It's interesting, though, that's a five-man rotation to start, not six. We'll see how long that lasts. I still think the six-man rotation is going gonna, is gonna to be a thing for sure. For, not just for us, I'm talking about for the league overall because for some reason we want to reduce pitchers pitching every day. Well, uh, that's an interesting question. That's an interesting thing that you just said there. It's not a question. It's an inter- interesting statement. Not a take. It wasn't a take. It was just a statement. No, that's not your take. It's not – It's but because cause, cause it's going to be tried. And it continues to get tried, but no one's been able to do it. And no one's been able to be successful with it. Now, I was watching the thing with the great David Cohn. Uh, God, I want to text you and just start screaming at you. David Cohn is like real first year where he's like healthy, got a shot with 88. He went 20-3 and with like a 2.33 ERA for the Mets. Pretty good year. I mean, incredible. Um, but... You know, he said, how was it, when he, 87 for the Mets? They what, won in 86? 86 to 1, yeah. 87. Uh, they all got hurt. He was like the, he was like the five and a half, sixth man. And they all got hurt. At one point, they all were hurt. The entire staff. One of the reasons why the Mets didn't have the same year and weren't able to repeat. Yeah. He was five and six that year. Then it was, it was an 88 where he won 20 and three. That's 20 and three with a 2.22 ERA. That didn't even lead the league. Either did his 20 wins. <laughs> so, I, I don't know how I, – I, I just I, – I don't know how someone's going to do it. You're going to put so much stress on your bullpen, it's crazy. Now, could you get away with a six-man rotation if everybody went seven, eight innings every start? Yeah. But I, I'm going to put together a pie chart to say if there's nine innings a game – for seven for a week, there's seven games in a week. We'll we'll say there's no day off, right? Because we have a lot of stretches. We have no day off, so that's what fifty six innings. Mm-hmm. If you only pitch in six or less innings of those fifty six, you're not contributing a whole heck of a lot. No, you're not a really big part of the work week. Did we break it down already what that percentage was? No, I've never done that percent. That's even worse. Yeah, because what was the one we had before? Was really the one low. I had before was you're only part of 13% yeah. of the week. You're going to be well below that. Can you imagine having a job where you're in a, an official what we call a week for the A's, seven days, nine innings a day, and you if you show up for five innings in seven days of 56 innings? That, that's 63. Not times oh, 63. Yeah. You you're you're basically you're basically not participating in a whole heck of a lot. If I put a pie chart in of what everybody is doing inside that pie chart, you're a little bit of a sliver. I don't know what your worth is. The fair point, yeah. Like seriously, what it like you can look at that whether it's professional sports, not professional sports. Uh, you're almost just like an independent contractor who basically roams in. You work when you want to work. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm gonna go one time a week. What if you only go? What if you go four and a third, and you pitch once a week? What is your value? Can you don't even qualify. Well, it's a whole other discussion. But you don't even qualify for the win if you do pitch well on that four and a third or four and two thirds. I just, I just, I'm having a hard time with this, and and really, it's it's this. I, I've been saying the last couple of years, it's all coming to a point, a tipping point, 
and we're here. And now they're all going to get – it's like what, what do front offices do, right? They copy each other. They're all kind of copying each other. They call – you know, the Rays started shifting. Everybody started shifting. It's a copycat league, right? Everybody's trying to figure out because no one, no one wants their pitchers to go through the lineup a third time. So that means guys are not going deep. And now you want guys to be maximum everything when they pitch. And if they do that, they can't go long innings. So now how are we going to figure out how we can maximize these guys – and but uh, so now we're going to spread them out even more to six innings. But then baseball kind of flipped it on everybody when they said, "Up, oh, you can only have 13 pitchers. And then that that now takes away a reliever from you. So now you're going to have a reliever who's kind of a really a long guy slash starter. Man, what if he's not good? I mean, there's a lot of variables of how this thing goes bad. We've never seen anybody do it successfully. We've seen the four-man rotation and the five-man rotation, but really a six-man rotation. They don't want to fully commit to it, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah, well, ask the Angels how it worked out. It's been working out for them. But no one wants to commit to it. Everybody's kind of like, well, well, we got days off, and, uh, well, you know, so five days with a swing man, and everybody, they don't want to fully commit to it because no one's no – one's, if someone makes it work, then everybody can say, see, it works. But no one's been able to do that yet. So everybody's like non-committal. It's a five and a half guy. But when somebody does, we'll talk to Sarah Langs in just a moment. Um, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The thing that I said that I wrote down at the start of spring training, will the A's change their offensive strategies to be competitive this season. Will the A's change their offensive strategies to be competitive this season? My point was, you're not going to hit a lot of home runs. So if you don't hit a lot of home runs, you can walk all you want. You're not going to score any runs. You're just going to be leaving guys on base. That's a fact, yes. Right? So if you don't hit home runs, if all you do is, I mean, if you've been built on walks and home runs and you don't hit home runs, walks are not going to do anything for you because you haven't hit for average. So I don't know. You're not hitting for average. You're not hitting for home runs. I don't know walks. What are they going to do for you? What was the stat that was in yesterday's game notes going into the game, game one of the Bay Bridge series? Uh, I didn't get the game notes, so I don't know. Stolen bases. Rule changes. The A's have stolen 40 bases, which is tied with the Reds and the Giants for the most in the majors. They're doing it. What we talked about in spring, how are they going to be competitive, how are they going to score runs, how they dominate 90 feet. How are you going to take 90 feet? How are you going to utilize 90? Because the days of walk, home run are done for the A's and for a lot of teams. So 
everybody, all 30 teams were trying to play the same script. It's actually 29 teams because the Indian, excuse me, the Guardians weren't doing that. How many teams now are going to go, you know what? Contact, stealing, moving runners over, taking first to third, stealing bases, stealing at will because pitchers are terrible at holding runners until that becomes an art form again. How many people are going to take advantage of it and say, hey, this is how we're going to win? We're going to go a different strategy. So could this be a year? And that's where Sarah Langs comes in from MLB.com, joining us here on A's Cast Live. How are you? You look great. I am great. How are you? I'm excited. This is our last game of the Bay Bridge series. I'm sure your mom's excited as a huge Giants fan to get this thing going. Uh, I know how much you love the game of baseball, and we love our – we read you, and we know the content that you have to come up with in the offseason. But after this, we get to actually have real games, and you get to write about real things, not projections, not guesses, not hypothesis – actual real baseball I know you got to be excited oh yeah I mean I'm so excited the fact that yesterday was our last Sunday without baseball until November was absolutely amazing and I'm just so excited for real numbers as you said real games real matchups I mean on Thursday we're gonna have eight Cy Youngs on the bump Across the board, eight pitchers who have won at least one Cy Young. It's going to be a really, really fun way to get this started. Yeah, that there is no question about that. Opening day, we, we were kicking it around, and I don't want to sound like old man River about when you know, you're talking about um, – the opening day starter. It seems like some organizations don't care anymore about you know because it's just game one of 162. But there's still some of us who like the tradition of that first guy, that first matchup. It's the best of the best. It's opening day. It's the bunting. It's the national anthem. It's the packed crowd. It, it it still means. Please tell me, sir. It still means something. Well, of course it does, and you can see it. I mean, with uh, Cody's Pirates, we saw it when Mitch Keller was named opening day starter. They had a video with him getting named in the manager's office and, you know, everything that he felt about getting that honor to be that guy kicking it off. So, yes, I mean, sometimes it comes down to who's healthy, who's available. But I think there's still a lot of honor and a lot that comes with being that opening day starter. I, I, I want to know what you think from a number standpoint. Now, you don't have the numbers yet to really delve into it, but maybe just maybe there's something from spring training that you have seen that, you know, like I mentioned with the A's, and there's quite a few teams like this, the, 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 the script everybody's been running, home runs, walks, that's how you score. There's a lot of teams that are not going to be able to score like that. They're just not built that way. They just don't have that kind of offense. But now – you got teams being encouraged. It's not like it's someone's like coming out of nowhere saying, you know what, we're going to do this. It's like baseball saying, please steal more bases. Please put the ball in play. Please be more interesting. Play a different style of baseball. We're giving you pitch timers. We're giving you no shifts. We're giving you bigger bases. We're doing everything we can to get you dummies to do something else. Will we see teams say, you know what, 
We're now playing a different brand of baseball, and then you'll have a great contrast of home run teams against teams who run, teams who play better defense. Are we going to see that, do you think? I do think the game will look pretty different. To me, the stolen bases is the big thing. Uh, really aesthetically that we'll see. We'll see a lot more of those. And of course, not having the shift means we'll get those base hits from lefties, especially that have been ground balls for the last, you know, 10 years. But overall, I think hitters are still who they are. I think we'll see some guys maybe transform a bit but I'm not sure the entire brand of baseball will be different. But I do think that those bits and pieces will be there where hopefully we see more guys on base. We see more action on the base. Plus, I mean, we've already seen with the time of games in spring training, there's more action. There's less dead time, less waiting yeah. time. So I think we will really see that too an even larger degree once games get underway and they matter as opposed to spring training. Yeah, it's like it's like we hope, we don't know, we've got an idea about spring training. I just, I don't know how we can possibly look at it and say this is not, some people don't think it's going to be dramatic, some people do. I'm on the dramatic side, I'm a talk show host. I think batting average for lefties is about to like, like it's going to change. Like, and the reason why I say it, Sarah, people try and think of this too much of um, too much about strategy and less about what human beings are like. And for hitters, they have been in this realm of they've been locked in thinking, oh, God, if I hit a ground ball, I'm out. So their mind has been cluttered. I have a feeling that now the players are going to get up to the plate and have freedom again. They're going to have freedom, kind of like a golfer, tight fairway versus big fairway. You got a big fairway, grip it, rip it. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of freedom at the plate for these left-handed hitters compared to like they've almost felt like they're a little bit in jail. Now it's going to be freedom, and I think that freedom, and now you're going to see balls just flying all over the place, up the middle to the right side, way more hits, batting average going up. I'm expecting big things. What would you bet on? I mean, I do think that's a really good point because the way that we track shifts in the time that Zach has been tracking them allows us to see any results that happened when there was a shift. And I remember when we first got this data a couple of years ago, it came out that there were a lot more strikeouts when the shift was on. So that gets to your point that those hitters seeing the shift were maybe you know, protecting too much, swinging over too much in trying not to hit that ground ball right at that guy who was shifted over. So without the shift, again, it's not just that we'll see those ground ball base hits, but that we'll see other outcomes maybe increase as well. I am always not inclined to say it will be super dramatic, but I do think this will be much more dramatic than any other change we've seen lately, right? We saw the intentional walk stopping for pitches. We've seen, you know, mound visits restricted, things like that over the last few years. This seems like it's going to feel like very different baseball compared to last year. When you look at what, 
I know it's near and dear to your heart, the Mets, and you look at the Braves, and you look at the defending national champs, the Phillies. Wow. It just seems like this is going to be, you know, a, a lot of fun to watch certain divisions. I think this – I mean, you got three teams. I mean, the best – one of the best memes that they had out there last year was a picture of two guys fighting, and it was the Braves and the and the Mets – and then they had the guys over there smoking, just watching the fight, having a good time. It was the Phillies. It was one of the great pictures, right? It was so hilarious. But that's like this is going to be a full-on absolute brawl in the National League East. And, of course, we know what a big Mets fan you are. There's so much attention around the Mets. Uh, Mets-Yankees baseball, the fight in New York City is back and alive just just, you know, when you think about this season from the NL East to the Battle of New York, how you feeling? I mean, that NL East is going to be fascinating. Last time I looked, it was the only division with three teams projected to win at least 89 games. And, of course, those Dakota projections are usually a little conservative. But to me, what really stands out is that each team has had some sort of roadblock or bump in the road lately. The Phillies, obviously, we knew Bryce Harper wouldn't be back until midseason, but now the Reese Hoskins injury. With the Mets, obviously, bad when he has injury. And for the Braves, they had this shortstop battle in camp between Brendan Chumake and Vaughn Grissom. They ended up saying neither of them won the job, sending them down. And Orlando Arcia is going to be their starting shortstop. So each team is not in the exact spot they expected to be right now. But regardless, they're all kind of on equal playing field. I mean, I've been picking the Braves to win mostly because they have the youth in a way that maybe the Mets lack a little bit. And the Phillies, if Harper were back a bit sooner, maybe I would be picking them. But, I mean, every day I go back and forth, and I know I have to submit an official pick sometime in the next three days. I'm looking at the calendar on my computer screen, and I still have <laughs> no idea who I'm going to pick. I mean, Mandy Bell covers the Guardians for us at MLB.com, and I'm recording a podcast in like 20 minutes where I'm going to have to make a pick, and I still don't know who I'm going to pick. So, Wendy, so... Okay, so you're taping a podcast in 20 minutes? Yeah. Okay. Roughly. But when when for MLB.com, when do you have to when do you have to have your official official picks in? I assume by Thursday morning. All right. So you're going Braves. Where where I know. Yeah. Do you, do you, okay, let let's go out to our division. I mean, I, I we're, we're not expecting you to take the A's even though we'd love you for it. Um is this the time that you maybe see a little falter in the Astros and maybe a little step for the Mariners up. Can the Mariners take him down? I don't know if this is the year. Only because Damn. that pitching, even without Justin Merlander, is going to be so good. I love the Jose Abreu ad, but the Mariners are going to be great. So are the Astros. I don't know if the Astros are where they've been the last few years, but they do think they're still a bit of a cut about the Mariners. But the time is coming. The time is coming. All right, Central, I know always 
mean, Cleveland, anybody bets against Cleveland, you're kind of like, really? I mean, what, what Terry Francona, a friend of this program, friend of the A's, has done over the years with their pitching and their defense. Uh, obviously, the Twins are going to be good. I, I'm going to say that this year, if you're going to buy a stock in a team who floundered last year and could really change things up to me is the White Sox. Uh, but where would you go in Central? I'm going Guardians there, but I agree with you about the White Sox. They had a lot of injuries last year. I do think they'll be better. For them, it comes down to which is the real Lucas Giolito. He had a really puzzling year last year. So figuring out where he lands up and Lance Lang continuing to be all reliable for them, like he was for Team USA two weeks ago, by the way. So I am still going Guardians, Twins, and then White Sox. But I think the White Sox will be better than last year. Okay, uh, the the Yankees and the Bombers. I, I I mean, at some point, at some point, Toronto's got to stop being the cute sheet pick, and they got to step up. Uh, can't ever bet against the Rays. Boston is still kind of a flip of a coin. What what do they want to be? Uh, Baltimore came on strong at one point last year, started traded their two best, fell off. Are they still going to be a good story? How do you see the East? So I do think it's the Yankees, although the injuries they've had to their pitching staff over the last you know, couple of weeks here, and even just over the weekend with Luis Severino, were definitely troubling. Uh, obviously, Carlos Redon not starting the season with the team because he's injured is not ideal. But I do still think they're cut above with their own judge. Hopefully, Jim Carlos Sands staying healthy. And I'm really excited for Anthony Volpe, who's going to be their shortstop at 21 years old. I think the Blue Jays are second in that division. I know the Rays always have this magic where we don't expect them, and then they're still really good. I think both of those teams will be good, but I think the Blue Jays may have underperformed a bit last year. Obviously, very disappointing postseason exit, but I think they will be really good this year with their pitching. Adding Chris Bassett, and I think Vladdy will have, I mean, he wasn't bad last year, but he wasn't the MVP caliber he'd been the year before. I think he bounces back to being more of that MVP level this year. Yeah, Volpe. I mean, this guy, what, he's 21 years old. He's from mm-hmm. he's from New Jersey. I was reading this thing when he was at AAA uh, in Newark. Like, all the teammates were going home uh, to his parents' house, and they were all hanging at his parents' house. And I'm thinking, man, 21 years old, shortstop for the Yankees. Wow. I mean, wow. That's like being a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, he grew up with Derek Jeter being yeah. his favorite player. And now he's going to be the youngest Yankee to start opening day since Derek Jeter in 1996. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what you dream about. Yeah. I saw it on Twitter the wow. other day about how in 2014 at the All-Star Game in Minnesota, he was, what, 13? And he got an autograph from Jeter in what was, I guess, his final uh, final All-Star game there. So, I mean, there's just so much. Yeah. And uh, it'll be really, really fun. God bless him, man. Not many people have that. It's, it's like the kid that comes out. I think it's like, like quarterback. Like you come out of a powerhouse school and next thing you know you're starting at – 
at 22 years old in the National Football League. It's like, man, you are living the dream. Okay, quickly, the National League, you already said, are you committed to Bravos? I know you're, you're going on a podcast here, and we got to get you out of here. Are you you're committed to Bravos? All set for the young. What about my old guys in the Mets? What about my Mets? What about Scherzer, Verlander, my old guys? What guys who actually pitch innings? Well, how, how? I mean, they're going to be great, but you said that the old guys—that's the question. I also think the Mets offense needed that Carlos Correa upgrade or some sort of upgrade, and they didn't really have that internally. So we'll see. They have some guys down AAA. Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez, Mark Vientos, any of them could be an impact by a couple minutes into the season, but I think the Mets lineup might not be. It doesn't have Roland Acuna Jr. That's all. I'll say. All righty. So we go to the central pretty standard Cardinals. Brewers could trade people, especially their pitchers. Uh, do you see it any other way than Cardinals? No, I think it's the Cardinals. The Brewers actually had a much better offense last year than people give them credit for. So I do want to mention that. But we tend to think of them as pitching heavy. Overall, I just think the Cardinals are in a really good spot. And by the way, speaking of really exciting call-ups, there's 20-year-old Jordan Walker, who is an Aaron Judge-sized individual. And it's going to be a really, really fun player to watch for a long time for the Cardinals. Yeah, when we did uh, when we did the Cardinals preview, we were talking about him being six five. You're like, this is a big dude. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And kind of like if you really look at the most interesting divisions, we talked about the NL East, we talked about the AL East. The other one is the National League West. It's like the Dodgers have owned this thing for many years. Statistically, they're still far ahead of everybody. Padres had that run in the playoffs, but still there was a big separation between the Padres and the Dodgers during the regular season. Giants have added a bunch of pieces. Uh, I'm a little bullish on Arizona. I think they're going to be better. I think they're super athletic. I don't know how much that changes in the standings, but how do you see the NL West? You know, I think I'm going to be picking the Padres. It's another one I keep going back and forth on. But, I mean, overall, the Dodgers are the champs until proven otherwise. But looking at where they're at, especially with now the Gavin Lux injury, I mean, it's been about a month, but knowing they have that moving forward, I just think the Padres are a bit better rounded, and I'm expecting a huge year from Juan Soto, who struggled a bit last year in a way that only he could, where he was still really, really good. I think he'll be the Juan Soto we're used to. I do agree with you about Arizona. I love the youth and athleticism with that team. I think they could finish third ahead of the Giants just with Corbin Carroll and everyone else who's going to be carrying them. Why are you pointing at the screen, Cody? He's over here just pointing no, at no, the screen. No, no, I was screen. fist bumping that you picked them to finish out of the Giants. Well, will you get on camera then? I mean, you're like you're like reacting to her, and then I don't. I, he's over here making motions. I don't know what the hell he. What, what are you doing over there? Uh, I'm a little disappointed you didn't pick the Pirates from the Central, but it's okay. Next year is their year. I apologize. I, I really. I, <laughs> you don't have to apologize. Are you kidding me? They stink. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. Yeah. Uh, they do got the uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo of baseball and O'Neill Cruz. So 
but I'm with you about Arizona. I like Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, their pitching staff with Gallon and Merrill Kelly. I think they're going to, like Chris said, and you've talked about, they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. And we really like Tori Lavella, so we couldn't be happier for, for Tori for them to do well. Absolutely. I mean, I think they're going to be really, really fun to watch. And I think that's just a great thing for that division, which has been really binary lately, right? It's been pretty much just Dodgers. We have the one Giants year, but now we have the Padres team even better than the last few years with the Diamondbacks on the rise. It's really, really good for baseball. Well, there's one thing that I want in 2023. I want Sarah Langs on the show. I want Sarah Langs on MLB.com. I want Sarah Langs on Twitter every night where I'm going, damn, how did she find that? And then I steal from you. I do mention your name, but I use you all the time for my hits during the game. Sarah Langs said, but uh, so I want as much Sarah Langs as I possibly can get in 2023. That is my number one thing I want for this season. I love it. I will do my absolute best. Always here. Always love chatting with you, both of you. And thank you so much. I mean, I'm really, really excited for the year. You look great and can't wait to talk to you again. Good luck on that podcast. And uh, let's talk very soon. And since I won't talk to you on Thursday, I'll text you. But I want to tell you face-to-face here, happy opening day. Happy opening day. We made it. It's pouring here right now in New York, but we made it. We made it to baseball. I'm so, so excited. Be well. Be well, my friend. See ya. The great Sarah Langs. Nobody better on Twitter. Nobody. I mean, she pumps out information that you can't even, like, how do you find that? It's uh, it's remarkable. I mean, I thought I was getting good at it, but I'm nowhere near what. Sarah can do. No, no, no. I've learned a lot of my stuff That's from no Sarah. disrespect to you, by the way. No, I know. I'm not. I'm She's not, a wizard. I'm not offended. Would she not be a She'd be a witch, not a wizard. Correct? Um, I don't, I'm not into the – you're the Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> player that we found out in their uh, spring training. <laughs> I'm a big Harry Potter guy. Uh, she'd be a witch, not a wizard. Right? Yes, I don't. Yeah, that's what it is. Harry Potter. Because a man, yes. a man can be a warlock or a wizard. Or See, a, well, I mean, Ray, if you're listening, you're getting the scoop on what happened in. I, this is really going behind the scenes. What what happened in Arizona? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I just know she's incredible. It's 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 on. And then her writing second to none. Obviously, with the issues that she's dealing with, but uh, and that's why you know what with her, I know, she, I know she just wants to talk baseball. So that's what we're going to talk about. When yeah. we have her on, we're talking baseball. Exactly. And, and uh, do they still have the GoFundMe up? I think so. Uh, Mandy, Mandy Bell, who I'm actually going to try to get her on. Um, we play the Guardians second year, second series of the year in, in Oakland. So I'll try to get Mandy on and we can talk about that and Sarah and everything on top of the Guardians because, you know, our good friend uh, Terry Francona is still the manager. Tito. Tito. Great A. Terry, was, Terry Francona talks about his one year's bench coach was one of the best years he's ever had in baseball, and it helped lead him to what he did with Boston and now Cleveland. It was a big year for him personally and professionally, of kind of like a reboot for him. So Oakland, that's why he always comes on with us. That's why he was there for Steve Vucinich's uh, retirement party. One year, Terry Francona in Oakland, and it meant a lot to him. I didn't know he was a Vuce's, Vuce's uh, retirement. That's pretty awesome. Well, you weren't there. there. 
I know, but they well, they do have spring training in Arizona, so I guess it makes a little sense, more sense that he was there. Probably would have been tough if he was in uh, Florida. Long flight. Or if from <laughs> back where you're from, they got Florida. Yeah. Not Florida, Florida. Speaking of that, uh, congratulations to Florida Atlantic University for being – How about San Diego State? They're playing each other in the Final Four. How about San Diego – Florida Atlantic? I grew up right next to San Diego State. I learned to swim at San Diego State's pool. I did all my baseball camps, football camps at San Diego State. My, my nephew is on the San Diego State golf team, Jack Townsend. Congratulations to the Aztecs. So you're rooting for the Aztecs? Yes, the I'm Alice rooting for the Aztecs. Even Although, though, even though I, I'm not a big Aztec fan. They, they put out a... Um, As Spartans, well, I'm, I'm always anti-Aztecs, <laughs> but here I will claim Aztecs. Uh, they put a video out. Fort Atlanta put a video out. It's really funny. If you're a Seinfeld fan, look it up. I think John Rothstein had it. That is so you that you would go and bring up a Florida team before you'd actually bring up a California team, which, by the way, the Aztecs are only the third public school in California history. California, You live in California now. You should, all as Californians and taxpayers, be happy that it, the Aztecs joined UCLA and Cal as the only team, public school, in California to make the Final Four. That's a big deal, man. Yeah, future Pac-12. You're team. in California. You're not in Florida on the East Coast. No one cares about Florida Atlantic. You should be singing the praises of the Aztecs and the California State School System, as I am a product of the California State School System. And a lot of our listeners either went to San Francisco State, Sac State, Hayward State. You call it uh, Cal State East Bay. Cal State East Bay. We have a lot of Chico State, Fullerton State, Long Beach State. Uh, You're forgetting Fresno. Not, they don't count. San Diego <laughs> State, Cal State Los Angeles. I mean, there's a bunch of them. This is a big deal for, for California schools. That says something. That a public school in California can get to the Final Four when you got all these cheating schools like Kentucky and Duke and all these people have been paying players for all these years. Oh, my God, don't say that. Yes, it's true. They've all been paying players for all these years. How is San Diego State, San Jose State, Fullerton State, Long Beach State, how is everybody supposed to compete with that? How are they supposed to compete? How's Cal supposed to be competing when you got all these schools who are legally paying guys? Um, a bunch of one-and-done guys. Yeah, I don't get the one-and-done thing, so I can't stand that. So we should sit back on a day like this and praise somebody from California and say, you know what? These guys, what they're doing, competing against the very best, making the final four, your tax dollars go to the state school system. We should all be happy for San Diego State today. What they do you think about that? They have a really good team. So go ahead. Now praise Florida Atlantic, who no one cares. Uh, go out. No, I don't think either one are going to beat UConn, so it's okay. But congratulations to both. Why, why would you say that? I, I think UConn's the, best, UConn's the best team in the tournament. I never heard you say that until now. So you've waited all this time to, to, to base There's a knowledge. reason why I picked them to go to the national title game. But you didn't pick them to win. Uh, no, that was Alabama. That oh. didn't work out right. That didn't work out well. Everybody, every everybody now lives to tell you what they think. Where were you before? Uh, anybody can beat anybody. Anybody, anybody can beat anybody. Look how bad the Zags looked. And I, I was at Perry's in San Francisco on Saturday night. I was, by the way, ALO at Fillmore on Saturday night. We're gonna bring one of the uh, band members from ALO on. Uh, they sold out the Fillmore on Saturday night. I went. He's a huge A's fan. Huge. Grew up. 
an A's fan. So we're going to bring him on. But, yeah, we're at Perry's watching the game and looking up, and it's just like, man, the Zags. Even though as good as UConn is, the Zags just looked. No, they didn't look good. They looked done. Like, they were done. I mean, when you get beat, when you're trailing by over 30, I don't care how good what the other team is. You you just nothing dropped. Wide open shots didn't drop. They weren't they weren't switching on defense. They weren't playing defense. They weren't rebounding. I mean, the, the Zags the Zags look like that team. Like you know, at Christmas time, there's that Christmas tournament. And you played all these games, and by the end, you're like, I'm toast. I want to go home. That's what they look like. the The sad thing is, is I'm tired of everyone going. Well, you know, San Diego State doesn't play anybody. Uh, they're in the Final Four. Doesn't matter who. They, I don't care who they play in the Mountain West. They're in the Final Four. Who's saying that? I, my friends are going. Oh, they don't play. Look at their conference; it's so weak. So your friends, who are, where are they? Uh, here. So your friends who probably don't watch college basketball throughout the entire year now big opinions. Yeah, my one friend went to Arizona for a semester, and he claims that he's a he's an Arizona lifer. <laughs> he always goes my school. I'm like, dude, you went there for like a semester. Uh, hey, my Spartans had a good win. Any CBI. The, the, whole, the whole thing is, it's like, yeah, everybody does play each other. It's called the tournament. Yeah. and It's San called Diego, the tournament. And San Diego State's in the Final Four for a reason. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, let's say Creighton wins that. Are you going to say Creighton doesn't play anybody? No, because Creighton, Creighton's a good team, too. I, I did watch a little bit No, but is that, are, are the same people yeah, going to say be, that? Yeah, because it's not Kentucky. Well, one of them or, had to win. Because it's not Kentucky or Duke I or mean, North Ma- Carolina. Miami's in, and it's not football. It's basketball. It's not football. Ma- Michael Irvin's not playing in this game. No, it's <laughs> Benny Blades or Bernie Kosar. You're telling me Larry Coker's not coaching that team? No. Uh, Jimmy Johnson. Dennis Erickson, no, it's Butch basketball. Davis. They are in the final four. So it's like, deal with it. I hate that. I, just, I hate that when smaller schools win, they say, well, who do they play? Hey, here's the reality. So there's certain schools that have a bunch of one-and-done guys that they never develop continuity. Yeah, that's my whole thing. That, that's they don't why these develop schools teamwork. do so well. That's why Princeton, who these dudes play together for three, four straight years, they're a team, they're a functioning unit, are stronger than three guys that are going to play in the NBA who don't share the ball, don't know how to share share the ball, and basically they're they're winning. And they're young. I mean, you're taking you're, – you're taking, okay, you may be a super talent, but you're just one year out of high school. You're yeah, super yeah. talent, like athletically, but, you know – Brain-wise, your basketball brain isn't what it's going to be years from now once you've played in the NBA. I mean, you're relying on super young, immature, talented guys just to out-talent everybody. And when you get a team that just plays better team defense, team offense, you're going to lose. So the whole, who did you play during the regular season? That's that's dumb. I mean, that if that hasn't been disproven in at least basketball, we have over 300, 300 Division One basketball teams. What is the – I don't even know what the official number is. It's like 300 and 330 or something like that, official Division One college basketball teams. 330 teams, and just about anybody can beat anybody on any given day, especially in an arena of – where were they? I mean, they've been playing in big spots, especially the Final Four. You're playing in a – who are you texting? Contos. What's he saying? He is has he ready to, to rock? I'm waiting for him. He hasn't joined yet, so he's out. I think it was – uh, he should know. He was our first guest. And you're playing in football stadiums. That's another thing. You're going at where? Where is it? Where? Where's this one? Houston. Yeah, Houston. So they're playing at the uh, Texan Stadium, right? Yeah. Is that what's it called now? Uh, NRG Stadium. I've been there and done a game there. Yeah, NRG. There he is. Yeah. 
So I mean, it's I mean, I don't even I don't even know how you would compare that to baseball. I mean, can you imagine these places? They're they're playing in these tiny college arenas. The next thing you know, you're playing in big arenas, and the next thing you know, you're playing in a football stadium. Uh, George, I, I don't know how you'd compare this. I'm sure you've been watching the Final Four, but can you imagine? You're like the school. Your gym holds like 5,000 to maybe 10,000. Next thing you know, you're playing bigger arenas, and then now you're going to go to the Final Four, and there's going to be 80,000 people, and you're playing in a football stadium. I wouldn't even know how to compare that, uh, this type of atmosphere to baseball. Well, it's it's, it's interesting. Uh, the, the, the way that I would kind of – bring it to baseball is when I first pitched in the playoffs my first time in 2012 you pitch through the regular season you go through all the games and situations that you're used to being in and then everything starts getting magnified tremendously with people in the stands and views from the tvs and all the cameras and the adrenaline kicks up a tick every (laughs) round that you go through and you get a little bit more anxious a little bit more nervous and then once you get in the game where the game starts in basketball, I would imagine that it uh, it all goes away and it's business as usual. Well, you know, it's so funny about you uh, when looking at this show. So we are the number one podcast in Major League Baseball. We're approaching 7 million downloads. Uh, it's been It's been crazy, the growth that we have had. And you were, since we, you know, we first launched audio, Video, you were our first. People look back and go, wait a minute, you had a giant as your first guest? Yes, a World Series champion giant uh, was our very first ever guest. We've always wanted to thank you for that. And it's amazing the, 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 the greatness of what we've had on, everybody in the game of baseball that we've had on video, since we've, we've had everybody audio. Now we've basically had everybody video, but you were the first. Well, first of all, congratulations on all your guys' success, and thanks for having me back. Nah, it's great. And obviously, this time of year, it's a tradition, especially back in the day when the American League didn't play the National League in interleague play. Some of us are old enough to remember that. Uh, but always the Bay Bridge Series, when the teams head north, as they say, and now you get, whether it's at the Coliseum or it's now over at Oracle Park, and you put the regular uniforms on, just what is that transition like as a player to leave the thin air, to leave Arizona and come back to the Bay and know, yes, the real thing is about to happen. Well, there's so much excitement in it. I mean, you just mentioned it, getting out of Arizona, getting out of where you've been, that environment for the last six, eight weeks, however long it, it's been, whenever you get down there. And, and it's it's all kind of building yourself up until this Bay Bridge series where you come back and Although they are exhibition games, you're playing under the bright lights, not the Arizona lights, the ones that are the LEDs all around the stadium. You add those two decks back in, and just being in that environment again gets you really excited for what's coming in the next few days. So you get your final tune-up in. You hope that it goes well so you can end your spring on a good note and head into the the regular season with the uh, snowball rolling in the right direction. As a pitcher, we know in the thin air – things are a little bit different. You don't get as much break. There's not as much spin. Just how much, I mean, everybody loves spring training. We all love going down. You have, you know, you get your sausage, your beer, you get a tan. You like, But for as a pitcher, how nice is it to get back to sea level, to get back to the thicker air and everything starts spinning a little bit? Because a lot of people don't understand. It's just the ball doesn't move in Arizona the way it moves in other places. 
Well, I love playing golf in those thinner air uh, <laughs> forever. But, you know, we were, we were in 2012, we were in Colorado where Jeremy Affelt had pitched, uh, you know, in the World Series for them where they got smoked by Javi Lopez and the, and the Red Sox. Yeah. But we got, we got there and he goes, hey, man, you know that get me over breaking ball that you throw kind of sometimes? Don't throw it here. Everything is a two-strike breaking ball. There's no friction. There's no resistance on the ball. It's like playing on the moon. And while Arizona is not as bad, it is a good tune-up because as you start getting more confident in your delivery as you go through the spring, you start fine-tuning that release point of where you want a two-strike breaking ball to be, where you want a crisp in-zone breaking ball to be, what the two-seam is going to do, what a cutter is going to do. So you have to be really cognizant of what the ball is going to do, and you really have to finish your pitches. as a you know Obviously, as a guy who's on the mound throwing the ball, you really have to get out in front and make sure that you're finishing all your pitches so you can impart that good late spin on them. You know, I remember it was one day, you know, we were doing our shows before spring training games, Monday through Friday, and it was in the morning. I'm sitting there watching MLB Network, and they were going through the National League West, and they put up this graphic of all the different guys the Giants assigned. And I recently did the – I emceed the Santa Clara County Baseball Banquet. We had Mitch Hanniger there and Jock Peterson there honoring them. And knowing that Mitch was coming over, Mitch killed us for years, Mariners and the A's. But I saw all, you know, our guy, Shamanaya. I saw all these different guys that the Giants brought in on this graphic. And I went, you know, it's kind of like what Billy Bean would do back in the day. And Farhan obviously learned from Billy is, you know, you bring in these guys. And if they have good years, you could have a good team. And I know Hanniger's going to start on the IL. But when you just look at, you know, guys with experience, things go the right way i know everybody's talking dodgers everybody's talking padres but and even diamondbacks a lot of people like and i i like the diamondbacks i think they're young and athletic they're going to be interesting but if things go the giants way with all these players they got some experience could be very interesting what are your thoughts i agree with you i think that going into spring training when everyone was reporting the the main thing that the fans and people wanted to see was that big splash free agent and obviously the two of them that we were kind of working with, they kind of evaded us a little bit, signing elsewhere. But the guys that we brought in, when you take away that initial thought of, of a big splash superstar, have made this team significantly better. And you've really seen that in the last 10 days. And I'm a huge believer of the giant way is pitching in good defense, yeah. which defense was a little bit shaky last year. I expect them to come out and play better on that front this year. But the pitching is going to be what always – in my opinion, has the success for this team. But you've got some guys in the middle of that lineup now that can really do some damage. It's not going to be worrying about maybe a, a two-run game or a 3-2 game, 2-1, whatever it may be like that we've had in the past. These guys can go out there, and there's depth in this lineup. You have guys who can get on base. You got you have guys who can hit the ball for power all over the ballpark. Handiger hit 40 home runs a few years back. Jock can put the ball out of the ballpark uh, pretty much any swing of the bat. So if these guys come – and start the regular season doing what they are capable of, there's no reason why this Giants team can't make a little bit of noise. And they play the Dodgers and the Padres pretty tough throughout the regular season. I know we played them less this year, which is going to inevitably be in our favor if we're playing some other teams who aren't quite as good and the team does what they're supposed to. Now, I got to tell you, what, what you just said, it, it's so similar to what we always talk about because obviously – you look at Oracle and the Coliseum, they're only 13 miles from each other across the bay. Big, cold ballparks. <laughs> and when you look at those teams in the 70s, the A's that won the World Series in 72, 73, 74, you look at all the success whenever the A's have been good, 
it's two things, pitching and defense. I know it's not sexy to everybody. You look at the Giants. Giants won three World Series, pitching and defense. We can talk hitting all we want, but run <laughs> prevention is the name of the game. And when the A's have been great and when the Giants have been great, it's pitching and defense. I think that when you when you look back at the, at the uh, 2021 season, the Giants won 107 games. And when I reflect on that and I think of what really went right, you had a team that – had an unbelievable staff and the bullpen really kicked in when it was supposed to and was locked down the second half of the season pretty much. Then you had defense that was fantastic and the offense was significantly better than it was last year and the year prior to 2021 in that shortened season. But you had career years from Brandon Crawford, from Buster Posey. But with all that offense, I still am a believer that the reason why they won 107 games and were able to fend off the Dodgers and win the division inevitably to, to fall to him in those five games was the pitching and defense though you had starters who were going out from the beginning of the season and taking down those six seven innings giving the bullpen a rest giving them those extra innings and outings that they were going to need in august and september because if you start taking those guys and giving them those outings that that you could maybe get out of a starter for another inning early then they're gassed in august and september and they're not able to make that finishing uh push but in 2021 they did everything right and I really believe that it was pitching and defense that was the big thing for them. All right, would you agree that in your career, whether it was San Francisco, what, Pittsburgh, New York, Cleveland, on your staffs for right-handed pitchers, you knew who had a good pickoff move and who didn't? Who had a good, like, when I was watching on the mound? Yeah, like, you knew your teammates, like, who's good, who's not, right? Oh, yeah, who had pick, who had good pickoff moves? Yeah, so – the other yeah. the other team knows too, and where sure. I'm where I'm getting at now is now where I've seen the position of the pitch time. We don't want to say clocks; we call it the pitch timer. If I'm <laughs> one of these runners, and I know one of these guys on the mound doesn't have a good pickoff move, and it's getting to like 16, 17, 18, I'm gone. I'm just oh, thinking yeah. if you're smart. So just take us through as a as a right-handed pitcher with a bad pickoff move. How just exposed are you going to get this season? To be honest with you, I don't even think you have to have a bad pickoff move. I think there are so many ways that the pitch timer or clock or whatever you want to call it is going to affect the outcome of at-bats and games. Yeah, if you have a bad pickoff move and you start getting there, especially on younger pitchers who haven't been at the big league level, because when you continue to climb these levels, there is a get-to-know process, especially for your own confidence. You have to go out there and have some good outings. And if you have guys just taking off, stealing bases from you all the time, your focus starts becoming on getting rid of a pitch as opposed to executing it properly. If you're in a two-strike count and you're looking there and you see three on that timer, you're now in a rush, and you're not able to execute that with the mental focus that it needs because in the forefront of your mind, and Scherzer came out and said it yesterday in an interview, I'm looking at that timer every single pitch. And you're talking about a Hall of Famer, and it's taking away from his uh, focus on the mound. But for some of these younger guys, guys who haven't been as established or guys who are even in a jam, it's going to make a huge difference with where pitches are ending up. And you're going to see more pitches that are supposed to be on plate, off the plate, starting middle to still on plate. And balls are going to be hit all over the yard this year is my prediction. So you're going to definitely get that that offense that the uh, the league wanted to create with this with this pitch time.
and also and also the hitters feel rushed. And think about a new sure. hit. Think about a new hitter. You come up to the big leagues. Everything seems like it's going a million miles an hour. And now you get up and the ball just it's like you're in a batting cage. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, so <laughs> it's you're going to feel that as the as the pitcher. You're going to feel that as the hitter too. No, you absolutely will. I, I remember watching the first few games of spring training, and the game just felt like it was in fast forward. It's almost like you took the fast forward button and you increased it by like 0.25 or 0.5 guys were just getting the ball back going, getting the ball back going. And you just felt it even as a viewer that these guys were having a hard time getting into a rhythm. That's part of, of the, the beauty of the game. I think is, is watching everything unfold. And now all of it just seems like it's happening so fast. So what would you do as a pitcher, at least to put like, like in a scouting report, would you want to, go over, like you get the ball, clock starts, like five seconds in, quick over, and then wait for another batter, wait till it gets to like 18, 19, then go over, just to vary the time so you at least, as we say, put it on the tape to show other other teams you're not going to be consistent. You can go over at any time no matter what the clock says. So what I would do if I was still playing, and, and I was a quick worker, I always got the ball, I got back on the mound, but – for forever, how, how you stop a run game is holding the ball. And now they've given you a little bit of an obstacle with holding the ball, but you can still vary it with the ability to step off and throw over. So you won't be able to play the same games that you used to, but I think if guys get the ball and are immediately back on the rubber looking in, you at least give yourself a few more seconds. But what I would do also is I would start calling my own pitches. I'd get on there. I'd call the pitch from what I wanted. And if Buster, for example, had something way different in his mind, then he'd call me off as opposed to the traditional way of him putting down signs, me shaking to what I want. It's me giving what I want, him shaking it off. We're on the same page. Now I have a lot more time to give the runner on base at least some attention with holding and doing the gimmicky things that you can do to keep guys from stealing bases. But it's gonna, you're going to see some guys starting to be creative with how they can get around some of these new restrictions. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch, no question. Let's end on this. You guys there tonight in the last game of the preseason, the last Bay Bridge game before we get going on Thursday, uh, going to honor a terrific pitcher, a hell of a guy. We got to know him over here in Oakland, saw him for years, a three-time World Series champion, uh, closed out a World Series, but Sergio Romo was such a big part of the giant success, one of the great Frisbee sliders that we have ever seen. And you always respect him, right, because he was he was like everybody else. He was the same size as everybody else, but he had a huge heart, and he battled, and the fact that he was on a lot of great teams. I mean, he's like one of the original openers in Tampa. There's a lot of history with Sergio Romo's career, but honoring tonight with the Giants, you're going to be there. How special is that going to be? Well, it's going to be great for Sergio. I mean, he's one of those guys that, like you said, he's got a huge heart. He means well for everybody, always willing to lend an ear, always got that smile on his face. And when you put him in between the white lines, the guy was never the biggest in stature, but those cojones he had in big situations were really, really important for the teams that he was on, especially the ones that I was on. I mean, the guy threw an 88-mile-an-hour fastball in a 3-2 count to Miguel Cabrera to end the World Series. Um, so he always went out there and pitched fearless and had ice in his veins and all the things that we've heard about him. But the guy's an unbelievable human being as well, and he means a lot to me as a teammate and a friend. I was just at his wedding in January. Uh, he had we had a great time at his wedding with some of the guys, and 
Um, it'll be great that he's getting this opportunity to walk it off in a Giants uniform to El Nachon wearing 54 again. Uh, so it'll be a great, great final day for him, uh, taking it in between the white lines in, in the black and orange. Yeah, we're happy for him. He's a great guy. And then during the season, I'll be seeing you. Well, we'll want to have you on the program again. But when <laughs> I when I'm hosting A's pregame live, you'll be doing Giants pregame live. So we'll That's see right. we'll see you during the season at NBC. Absolutely. Sounds great. Thanks for having me again. Hey, once again, you were the first guy on video. It would always be special <laughs> to us. Hey, enjoy en- enjoy the night with all your teammates. You guys had such a great run and uh, truly enjoyed. These are the best times. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks for having me. George Contos, World Series champion with the San Francisco Giants. You see him on Giants pre and post game live. A super guy. Uh, I get to see him in NBC. So we've got to do the interviews and then now get to know him. Uh, I see him all the time, me and Stu talking to him. But fascinating stuff. Like, hey, congratulations, Sergio. Would you, would you – 66 games he played for us? That's a lot. Yeah, 66 games in see, 2000. See, he was in 66 games? Yeah, it's 20, 2021. Romo's with us. That's what's six, up. 66 games, yeah. He had, would always say, that's what's up. We had him on the show, I think, one time, and it was good. Nice guy. Yeah. He, really nice guy. I mean, everyone loves the song, uh, Michonne. I mean, so – we used to ha- I used to have it on here somewhere, but I don't think I have any work as well. Romo hasn't with us since 2021. But Romo, legitly nice guy. I mean, could have been at that point, like when he came over, like he doesn't want to do all the stuff that, you know, they, they ask you to do. No, never. I mean, he always like, hey, it's a giveaway. Can you do it? Romo to the staff, Romo yeah. to everybody <laughs> was a super dude. Uh, real quick, do you want some A's news? But, but wait a minute. Remember. We always talk about he was an A. Yeah. Sergio Romo will retire. A, he was an A. He, I don't know if he's going to. Just like it. Willie McCovey and Orlando Cepeda. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was trying could to find. We could have Bonds. We could have Bonds. Can you imagine Bonds would have been the DH would have been awesome. Uh, I was trying to find. Would have been the only time I would have loved Barry Bonds. Can you imagine Barry Bonds is an A hitting bombs. I don't know if I. Like, at like 42 years old or whatever. He never so officially retired, by the way. So, I mean. I take uh, Bonds. <laughs> I said this a few years ago. I take Bonds right now. That is it. I take bicycle, Barry. All right, what's the A's news? <laughs> All right, so from Matt Kawahara first. First baseman Ryan Noto, the Rule 5 draft pick, has been told he's made the team. Yes! So that's one. Noto's on the team. Kawahara also said – Wait a minute. Let me write that down. Another prediction for Townie that has come home. Uh, Kotze apparently also told him, uh, told the media from Matt Kawahara, the A's plan to carry both Adam Aller and J.P. Sears but are holding off naming a fifth starter. So, Well, I mean – that's not really <laughs> okay. If they're not on the team, who is? Yeah, so I think what who was, is? So apparently they're still discussing I mean, the, the the. Where's the forty man roster? I got the forty man. Okay. Um, Plus, we found out the other day Waldachuk was going to he's in the rotation. I got so the roster here. Like I'm, I'm losing stuff. I got the roster here. Uh, let's go to pitchers. If you're not going to have J.P. Sears and Adam Aller, who who's who's uh, who who you taking? Let's see. Rasinski's on the going to start on the injured list. So is he starting on the IL I believe, officially? I believe he's. I don't know if it's official yet, but I, I remember thought about reading that he uh, might start on the injured so list. So we got Blackburn IL, Rasinski IL. Cap's pitching tonight, so he's in the rotation. Yeah, well, we already know. Yeah, Waldachuk. Cap, Waldachuk, Fuji, Fuji, Moeller, and you're going to have Sears and Aller. Yeah. Well, we already know Fuji's only going one day a week, and uh, Moeller starting opening day. So there you go. I mean. I, I, 
There is nobody else. It has to be Sears and Holler. Decisions still pending on a few final roster spots, including backup catcher. So it must be between what Pozo. Are you going to go Freddie Tarnock? Uh, I mean that. And who knows? All right. So what do we got left? Uh, Johnny D. No, no. What do we got left on the roster? Oh, what, what, what do we back, decide? Backup here? catcher. So we have what? What is it? McCann and. Perez and Pozo. Uh, we've got so don't know P- about Pena's on the IL. Yeah, we still Pozo we, McCann. We still don't know if Pache's made the team. That hasn't been out there yet, right? Because I mean, we heard that. No, yeah. we don't know that. But I, you, you, he doesn't make the team. You lose him. So, to, and to me, that would just be as hard as I was on him last year. He did exactly what we asked. We did exactly what he was at, and th- and that's that that gets back to my whole theory of we need to view people. If you're really talking about long term, what what's best for the organization, or what are your goals? Are your goals just to savage, savage, salvage, not savage, salvage some wins now? Or building a base and a core for the future. What are you trying to do right now? Build a base and a core for the future. Okay, so then you're with me saying, if I if if you're on my team today, really Thursday, I've got to envision you on this roster two three years from now. Correct. I will look at it. The if same. I don't envision you on this roster, I don't want you here. No offense, nothing personal. If I don't see, if I can't close my eyes and looking into Townie's crystal ball and I don't see here two, three years from now, two years is 2025. Correct. Yes. According to my calendar. Yeah, yeah that's true. Are you Not the Mayan calendar. Is the Mayan calendar over, by the way? Oh, Were we well, all supposed to be yeah. dead by now? 2012, yeah. Um, was it 2012? Yeah. Oh, we had a great years, year that year. It's 11 years later. <laughs> if I'm looking at my crystal ball, 12 and 26, if I don't see you, I'm kind of like, what are we doing here? I'm not I'm not salvaging. I'm building. I want those guys to play, learn. If they get their brains beat in this year, I don't care. They got to be here. If you're not part of it, if you're not the plan for two – because, listen, you'll be well, what about Peterson and Diaz? They got two-year contracts. They're here for two years. They're here. They're going to be here next year. But they're veteran guys. I'm looking at younger guys. I got to see them in the A's uniform in 2025. Do I see potentially Ryan Nota being the A's first baseman in 2025? Hell yeah, I do. I mean, I I, I got to sink or swim. This is your opportunity. Loved his confidence. Loved talking to him. I see us doing a lot of shows with Ryan Nota. Let's see it. Sink or swim. Christian Pache, sink or swim. Let's see it. Nicky Knox, sink or swim. Let's watch him play. And Diaz is going to play short. Everybody's going to play everywhere. Kevin Smith, you were a monster last month. You had a great spring. Sink or swim. He can play third. He can play short. He can play second. He can play first. Every don't Nobody's got not one person, not one except maybe, of course, the catcher, Shea Langoliers. Because we're not, I, Shea's not going out to left field this year. Other than Langoliers, everybody's going to play in different spots. I'm waiting to see the Kevin Smith. This is, that's one too. Him and Pache are the one. I mean, I I I'd I'd be shocked spots. if Kevin Smith's not on this team. I mean, because the lineup, t- I have the lineup right here. The lineup today, right now, 
they line up against uh, the Giants. You got Seth Brown in left, Ramon in right, and Ruiz in center. So if that's your three outfielders. Who's your other two? Wait, say that again. Brown's in left, Ruiz in center, Ramon in right. So if you keep Pache, that's so. That's, who's the other one? Capel, Capel or Rooker? Or Rooker. And I, I, how are you not going to have Capel on the team? I had a nice spring. And the way he played for you last year? Yeah. And he's still young. He's, what, 25? I mean, you have the luxury of putting guys down in, in, in AAA Vegas. You're going to need them all. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You had 64 players last year. Everybody's going to play at some point. But um, I'm not going to overreact to the opening day roster. Knowing that, let's be honest, they used 64 players last year. A lot of players are going to be used this year. But there's certain guys I want to see. And Capel, I've mentioned it from day one, Connor Capel's one of those guys I want to see play left field. I want to see him get a legit opportunity. But don't get stuck with anybody second base. Second base can be Tony Kemp. It can be Diaz. It can be, obviously, Nick Allen. Every, there are a bunch of guys who can play second base. Right? Jordan yeah. Diaz came up last year and played second base. He never played the position in his career. Don't get hooked on anybody playing anywhere. With the A's, there's versatility has got to be king. And I know our boy Brownie hasn't played first base this spring, but don't think he's not going to be playing some first base this year at some point. Yeah, and Tony Kemp's playing second base today. Uh, Diaz is playing short. Aguilar's DHing and notice it first. So I'm excited to see what I, I want to see what Cap does tonight. I know it's still spring training, but he's still building up after coming off the injury. So. He's looked good. I'm proud of Cap this spring, by the way. And, you know, we can get into Johnny D with that. Yes, Johnny D. Johnny D at Oracle. He is there, yeah. Johnny D, Oracle Park, next, right here. A's Cast Live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. I just made an executive decision, even though I'm not an executive. Am I an executive? Uh, no, but I mean, I'm the lower level employee on this program, so don't take that away from me. Okay. Um, there's just some things that are beyond my control and my power true and technology wise are just some things that the old technology i knew how to fix the new technology i do not so the strategy is this 
I could either, and I've been dealing with it the entire show, I could really mess around with it, or I could just go with what I know. And what works. I have multiple things to make it work. Long term, I've got a lot of technology. I'm going to go with the one that works versus the one I really want to use because i got to do some stuff to it, and I don't think that I'm really qualified to mess around with this technology. You know, it's kind of like with your house. You know, some guys want to be, I uh, do it myself. I do everything. It's my house. I'll do it myself. And then they screw it up, and then it's going to cost them more money because someone's got to not only fix it, but they got to fix your screw-up to go along with what's broken at your house. you got to bring in the professionals. My professional is Michael J. Baird. He's at Oracle Park. Who's at Oracle Park right now? And, you don't, you and don't. he's not listening to the program right now. Well, he but, might be because Johnny's in there. But but Michael J. Baird is essentially like uh, he's everything. He's like E.F. Hutton. You trust him. He knows it. My only only the only person I trust is Michael J. Baird, and I'm afraid if I do anything, it could screw it up. It'll 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 screw it up even more, and then Michael J. Baird will be calling me a moron. You know what I have to say. Just make it happen. Yeah, just make it happen. I Well, you know what? I can't. So that's why I'm making an executive decision, and I'm stepping away, and I'm going to go with our travel unit versus the home unit. All right. Let, Johnny D is patiently waiting. Let's. Johnny D will know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Isn't it oh, the worst? Tell me, I hear it, bro. With technology, I, I'm I'm – consistently 24 and a half point dog against technology and I never cover. I'm, I'm, I get crushed every time. I'm the worst. So yeah, I, I know. So I was trying to fire up the uh, Comrex brick here in the home studio. I have yeah. my, I have my fancy travel unit, but I have the brick here at home and I hadn't, I haven't used the brick since last season. And I'm thinking, eh, no big deal. And fired it up and it wanted to update and do all this. Usually the stuff Michael Baird does for me, I right. thought I could do, and then I started. Re- it started asking questions and started doing stuff that I'm just not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not prepared to handle. I. 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 I, I need me some Michael J. Barry. He's supposed to be over your right shoulder. He is not there. Well, no, I'm. I'm actually right now, Tony. I'm in the uh, the visiting TV booth. So oh, I've got okay. This- Got this whole booth to myself right now. So yeah, no, there are two booths over right now. So, so when you go back in there, make sure you yeah. tell Michael J. Baird we need to talk. I need help. I'll say that you're overmatched on this, and 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 yeah, absolutely. I I, I hear you. No, I'm the same way. I will I will tell MJB for sure. It yeah. would it would be like you know back in the day facing Nolan Ryan where you knew you're like man, I hope he walks me, otherwise I'm just striking right. out three four times. Right, no shot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, the roster pretty much. We kind of, we've always, you know, we've known since spring training, you know, we, we kind of knew what was really going on. Uh, I was always a big Noda guy. I've been a big Noda guy since we were in San Diego, the Rule 5 pick. I'd yeah. never seen him before, but I went, wait a minute. A Dodger prospect blocked by Freeman. We're taking him. Uh, I believe in the Dodgers system. We knew that Diaz coming in was going to play some short. We've been telling the fans that there's not a guarantee we're going to have an everyday shortstop. A lot of people are going to play a lot of positions. Yes. Uh, Kevin Smith is an interesting one after he was a monster last year. At the end of the year, big spring, he can play a lot of different positions. Uh, uh, Esty Ruiz has been told that he's going to be uh, on the roster. I mean, Pache's kind of the one we're looking at. Uh, yeah. it's great. We're, we're, we're now really starting to see what the 26 is going to look like. What surprises could be left for you? 
Yeah, I guess the surprise the surprise left for me is is what what's like you said what's going to happen with Pache like will Pache make this team and like I just he's had a good spring and he's a guy you know he just he's so good defensively as you know but with Ruiz on the team do you keep Ruiz and Pache it's uh, you know it, Kotze play, plays it pretty close to the vest as you know Townie so you know you're not really going to get many answers I'm sure he's told the guys who's going to make the team who isn't but uh, we we actually we don't know so so I don't know you know will will Kevin Smith uh, get a spot uh, on this team. I, I think you're so right, though, man. It's going to be a bunch of a bunch of guys playing a variety of positions. Not going to have uh, too, too many set positions, but you know, I think Noda's going to make the team. I can't imagine they did. Obviously, they did their homework on Noda. They know this guy. Not going to worry about maybe a slow spring or whatever. I'm with you. I like Noda. I think Noda is is going to be a really good player for the A's. And I think just because he got off to a slow start doesn't make the man. So I I, I think he's going to he's going to be good. Uh, and Aggie, of course, Aguilar, the track record speaks for itself. So, you know, with Aguilar and Noda at first, and uh, I, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with Pache, though. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm waiting with bated breath to see if, if Pache makes this club or not. You know, this spring... One of the really interesting interviews we did was with James Caprillion. Now that I've known him for a few years, it was kind of like a heart-to-heart, right? I don't know if you want to watch it, where I said to him, I said, you know what, you want to be the guy. You've been training for that since you were at UCLA, since you were first-round pick for the Yankees, all the injuries, and we kind of really got into it. It was kind of like yeah. you know getting into his soul, like this is who you want to be. This is the time for you to finally be that guy. You need to prove it to yourself. You need to prove it to us. You need to prove it to the baseball world that you can be a number one, that you can be a lead of the rotation. This was a guy who was all Pac-12, all this, all that, first-round pick by the Yankees. They expected – I mean, the Yankees expected him to be in their rotation right now, pitching behind a guy like Garrett Cole. That's where the expectation – so this is finally the time. I'm happy for him. He's going into this season. He's healthy. He's clear-minded. He's going tonight. I'm hoping big things for James Caprillion. How about you? Well, first of all, I'm not surprised that you got deep with him because he is a very introspective guy and he's very honest. And he's just he, he he'll tell you he'll pour out his emotion. He'll tell you exactly how he feels. Uh, but this is a big year for him. And I'll tell you what, he looked really good. I thought in that last start. And granted, it wasn't the 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 biggest. You know, it wasn't the best A roster of the Cubs, but there were some regulars in there, and he had five innings and one run. But he's looked good, man. You know, he he really has, and I think it is a big year for him. And I think he wants to take ownership of this year. This is a year that he wants to come out and and dominate. They're going to kind of work him in slowly, but he's a guy that obviously has really good stuff. And I, I think I think I agree with you. I think he's I think Caprillion's going to have a have a nice year this year, and he's going he's going to be good. I, I just I'd like to you know, and this this will be great tonight. See if he can go six innings tonight, maybe stretch it out a little bit to get to five or six innings and then get ready to uh to to start uh either against the angels or the next series they have so yeah this is a i, I think it's a big year obviously huge year for caprillion and he takes ownership of it and again he's he's going to be honest with you and i'm glad you got deep with him because it, it doesn't surprise me at all townie not at all yeah i can see Mueller going thursday we know we already know Mueller's going th- thursday fuji's yep. going saturday, saturday cap, yep. and cap would go sunday yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, it would. Yeah, it would. It would that sounds like that would be, that would make a lot of sense. And uh, look, I'm looking forward. To, there's something special about. Look, we're three days away from opening day, and no matter what the prognosticators say about the A's and how they're going to do, and how many wins they're going to have, and what's going to happen, it's there's nothing like opening day. 
nothing like opening day where every team is zero and zero. They, 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 it, you just don't know what's going to happen. I like the unpredictability of it. And I, I like the fact that these guys in the clubhouse are loose. They're, they're enjoying each other's company. It, it's, it's a, it's one thing that a Muller said, he just, he said, there's something about this clubhouse where look, we're just like a, he said, we're kind of like a high school team and that we're just, everybody's like back to, back to your roots as far as enjoying the game and enjoying each other and being around each other, rooting for each other. So he, he feels, uh, kind of a special uh, kinship with a lot of these guys. And I think, look, I, that, that doesn't mean that, that means a lot. That That's not nothing. You know, that means a lot. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what this team can do when nobody is picking them to do anything. And uh, so, and they're, they're, they're going to go in and they're going to, they're going to, uh, you know, hang out with each other and, and root for each other and we'll see what they can do. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that. And one of the great stories and maybe, I don't know if we'll have time to ever get to it, but one of the great stories in baseball history was the 1991 season where you had two last-place teams right. who eventually Twins, would – and I'm looking up the 1991 Minnesota Twins. You had the – you had the – oh, here they are. You got the Twins played the Braves in yep. the World Series, and the fact that both these teams the year before were last-place teams, right. and, and next thing you know – they're playing in the World Series. It was literally unbelievable. Now, yep. it wasn't so crazy from the Twins the year before. They had a ton of injuries. I mean, they had a Hall of Famer in Kirby Puckett and Jack Morris. Frank Viola was there. Gagne, Herbeck, and a Chili, the great Chili Davis, our former hitting mm-hmm. coach, who we saw at Vuce's retirement. They got a ton mm-hmm. of talent. Rick Aguilera was there. This guy's off the top of my head. Uh, they had a ton of guys. The Braves – were a bunch of young unknowns, right? No one at that point. I mean, Tom Glavin had been getting his brains beat in. Smoltz, no one knew Smoltz and Glavin were going to be Hall of Famers at that point. Right. Greg Maddox wasn't there. They had guys like Charlie Lee Brand. I mean, but it just goes to show, as you said, you know, you went into 1991. I mean, we could probably go back and find people's predictions. Nobody had twins. Nobody no. had Braves in the World Series. No, nobody did. And that's, that's what I like about it. Look, are the A's – Going to the World Series this year, probably not. But I'll say this: uh, I think they're going to do better than people are people are saying they're going to do. I'll, I'll tell you that. I mean, this you talk to people and they say, "Oh, how are the A's going to do?" You know, I, I think they'll do better than people think. And uh, yeah, exactly. Nobody picked the, the the Braves and the Twins that year, that's for sure. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Thursday. I'm looking forward to a week from Thursday. I'm looking forward to just getting on with the season and seeing what this team can do with the with the pitching and the bullpen and and uh, starting pitching in the bullpen and the and uh, using a, a a bunch of different guys at a bunch of different positions. But I don't know. There's a pretty good vibe in that clubhouse, Townie. So we'll we'll see how they do. Will anybody be more excited than you on opening day? No, I, I well I don't. Maybe the commander. Are you kidding me? Commander loves commander loves opening day. You know that. So no, I, I don't think will, I, I don't think anybody's going to be more excited than you. You know, I'm pr- I'm pretty giddy with a capital G. I I'm mean, this giddy. is your this is your first real big league opening day as a big league. True. It's very true. Very true. It's be special. I'm, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to being a part of it. And uh, Angels, Otani. We got Otani and Muller. And uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Can't wait. All right, this will be our last installment. We've been doing this all spring. Our last installment. It's gonna be know your Giants, okay. but it's not gonna be about actual the, the San Francisco Giant players. All right, what do we got, Johnny D? I who by the way, I think you've done an outstanding job with trivia this year. I think Thank you've you. done a very good job. I think we should expand it into the regular season. No, well. <laughs> Teams we haven't maybe played once a week. Yeah. Maybe once a yeah. week. 
All right, Johnny, first question. What year did the Giants ballpark open? That'd be uh, – okay. Uh, Oracle opened up in 2000. Okay. What have, What are the four names that Oracle Park has gone by? Ooh. Oh, man. AT&T. One. Uh, Pac Bell. Two. Oracle. Three. You win. know, someone out there is cussing me out right now. For the you win. The <laughs> For the win. What is it? Oh, Come on. No, you're no, no, you no, no, your telephone <laughs> companies. <laughs> <laughs> no, your telephone companies. Oh man, I don't know what's. Come on. Oh. Everybody had everybody had this one time for their email address. It's a long one. Come on, John. Telephone company. Come on. I can't remember. SBC Global. Oh man, SBC Global. All right. It was Dang. it was basically telephone companies buying telephone companies. So it went from Pac Bell to SBC Global to AT and T, and then this isn't telephone company, but Oracle came. Yeah, out. yeah, Oracle. Right. All right, you were cl- you got three out of four. All right. Yeah. Who was the last major league trade between the A's and the Giants? Ooh. It's happened recently. Let's see if you remember who it was. Oh, that's right. There was one recently. Before that was it. <gasps> Polonia? No, but let's see, like recently, let's see. I think um, it was Ernie Riles. It was. It was, it was the Ernie, last. The last Ernest Riles. That's right. Not this Ernest one, Riles. though. Yeah, wow, no. this is great. God. Is great. You know, bro. I I tell you what. I'm, I I I uh, forget. The answer would be a uh, A's great Birch Smith. The great Birch Smith. Birch Smith. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I would have got that. I would not have got that. Birch was God. a great guy. Uh, this this he next was. this next super one, guy. This next one's a layup. I am a former A and Giant who has a statue outside of Oracle Park. A former A and Giant. giant. You got two choices here. Yeah. Just give us one. Just give us one. (laughs) You have a statue at Oracle Park. There's two of them. Well, it's not not Sergio Romo. Doesn't have one yet. No, 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 no. He might might be on the Giants Wall of Fame. Oh, he's got to be a Giants Wall of Fame. He'll be on there. I might. I mean, you might be on the. Anybody could be on that thing. Uh, no offense, God, bro. I, I, my brain is. Come I, brain on. Is, I know. I know. I. I, I don't You've know. never I seen the statues at Oracle. I'm just. You're there. It. It's right. It's like literally 20 yards from you. All right, we'll eliminate one. We know it's not Willie Mays. It's not Willie Mays. <laughs> yeah. There's, it's embarrassing right now. I'm just. I'm, my brain is fried, bro. I, I'm sorry. He it's lit, literally it, it's like a sandwich from you right where you are right now. If you teed it up, you get it a sandwich there. He's left-handed. The cove is named after him. Oh, Willie McC- Willie McCovey. Willie sorry. McCovey. Sorry, yeah, McCovey. I'm sorry. And then your sorry. other option is Orlando Cepeda. I'm sorry. Bro. A's greats. <laughs> All right. I, I just... Did Gaylord Perry play for the A's? Uh, no, no, no. But he was Ray Fossey's buddy, so that. All right, last one. This one has to do with a Giants player, but it's something else. Who am I? I gave up 756 to Barry Bonds. Oh, that's hard. That's hard. I gave up 756. Does it – he was a Diamondback, too. Starts with a C. There's a C in there. There's a C in his name, yeah. C in there. Not to start with a C, but there's a C in there. (laughs) I can't he remember. Was a was Ray, he was a Ray, too. The answer, oh, he's a Ray? The answer, he's now a Rangers broadcaster. It's, uh, Mike Bassick. 
Mike Bassick, nice. He, okay. He hosts. Uh, I think he's a host on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. The guy's really Not made bad. a career. Yeah. He's made a career out of himself after the Barry Bonds. Uh, That's a good knowledge for you. That was think. a poor showing by me for Giants trivia. Poor. No, poor no, you showing. knew the you knew the ballpark. That's all that matters. Well, it, it, you you just worked inside the Giants organization for like nine years. I know it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, pretty bad. You were the voice of the Rivercats, right? Is that true? It's on your it's on your resume. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was there. I was I, you know, yeah. I did I I did a couple games in there, and I I should know that's just embarrassing. I'm not gonna sleep well tonight, Tony. It's not gonna, I'm not gonna sleep. Well. It's all right. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's the Giants. Who cares? They stink. You can tell everybody I said that over there. Tell Tony says you guys stink. <laughs> You're playing for third at best. Uh, are you on the air tonight? No, I'm, I'm the the Ken and Mints are on, uh, and I'm just gonna keep scoring. Uh, enjoy the game. Well, you have to – is Johnny scheduled for opening day? Yeah, he's gonna, him and I are going to do the last 15 minutes. Okay, you got to come now early because I just want to talk to you. I want your first opening day. I want to be a part of it. Okay. I want to see, see it through your eyes. All right, let's do it. Because it's going it. to – I think it's going mean, to – I think you're being humble. I think it's a uh, – let me brag for you. I think it's going to be a big day for your career. I think it's awesome. It's 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 what you've dreamt about. Not many people get their dreams. Not many people hit their dreams. Your dream's being made this Thursday, and I think it's going to be an absolute wonderful day for you and your family. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate that. Thank you. Well, enjoy this one tonight, your last preseason. By the way, how good was it to get home and be in your own bed? Well, I haven't yet. I saw my brother last night. I'll see my wife and kid tonight late uh, or tomorrow morning. I cannot wait to get home. Really excited. Because we all love spring training, and all of a sudden we were there for a month. Like, ew. Yeah, at a 31-night stay. They go, you're here for 31 nights. 31-night stay. Yeah, so 31 yeah, nights. Nice yeah, after a while, it's like, yeah. I can't wait to get out of here. All right, yes. uh, enjoy the game tonight, and then uh, enjoy wife, kid, and welcome back home. Thanks, brother. All right, we'll Johnny, do soon. take care. Johnny Dosco making his MLB debut on Thursday. Going to be uh, very, very special. Uh, can't wait to uh, have him on here on the program. Yeah. Talk about it. Uh, it's gonna be fun uh, Thursday. I think he did pretty good this year on no, on no year. Uh, some some teams he was on it. Yeah. Some, some of your quest like you were like, what beer is brewed at Coors Field? Who the hell knows it's? Bl- I now like Blue Moon. I would out of all the beers you could have got, like hey, Dos Equis, the most interesting man. Hey, I don't know. We, how is Coors Field not brewed? How is Coors it, not brewed at Coors Field? All I know is that I was given. I made no. Par- I set no limitations on my questions for Johnny, and I expect that Johnny. I thought Johnny did very well. For yeah, him, so. you know, he can ask me questions uh, going forward and see if I know his, know know my. He can play know my know your halos with me on Thursday. See if I know anything. Well, you know what? You guys do that on your time. Uh, we will. We have the last fifteen minutes. You can have the last fifteen. Um. Every answer is going to be Troy Percival. You know, something that I was thinking about today as I had a big Costco run today, my big my big before the season starts Costco run, because, you know, once the season starts, I kind of get into my little bubble, and then there's like, well, we don't have paper towels. We don't have toilet paper. So I went to Costco today, got everything. I had a big bill at Costco today, but I got everything. I got detergent. I got... I got uh, dishwasher, laundry, everything my wife needs for at least a month. She's got now. Um, and I was listening to like the, oh, my God, did you hear about the City Connect jersey with the Braves? I did, yeah. I don't care. And I, no, nobody else cares. I told you I only care about one, and it's at the end of June. I just, I just don't. 
like, I don't know why we fear gambling so much. I mean, baseball is – if we went all in on it, like right now, because they did it today on High Heat with, my, with, with Mad Dog. They were going over and unders. They led their show with over and unders. Like if we could actually with A's fans do it, like on this show, how much fun it would be if everybody said, hey, put 20 bucks on the A's to hit the over of 59 and a half or 60, wherever you get it. And we could take a look at it that, at, you know, a third of the way in, halfway point. It's like other sports have gone all in on gambling. All in. Baseball is still like, eh, well, we kind of, well, you can, you can. I mean, we can't even, you know, I'm like, what? We're going to have – in Japan, we were sponsored by MGM in, in, in Japan. MGM? We got DraftKings. We got all this stuff. Like, why can't we go all in? Football has gone all in. They've turned fantasy into a huge business. Yeah. We're still is. like, oh, my God, don't talk about gambling. Like, what? Why are we not all in on gambling? Why? Other leagues are. The NBA, uh, Silver. Adam. Adam Silver, he's all in. The commissioner of the NBA, they're all in. Why can't we be all in? You said it earlier. I'm going to say no. That's uh, that's above my pay grade. That's above your pay grade. But I do. I'm, I am with you though. I think it's. I mean, every, every other sport embraces it. They're showing the spreads on games in the NFL. Yeah. They're showing you the spreads. Like, Does Will Be Network have a gambling show that wasn't Maddie V hosting it? Yes. Like what? What? what the spread, I think it was called. Why can't we go all in? Why why are we like still like don't do that? I don't get it. We'll get more into that. But you know what? This is it. Let me get back to my note. I said it. Do I have time to at least get my note in? You better hurry. My note was this. Start a spring training before a game. Will the A's change their offensive strategies to be competitive this season? Run. Run some more. And they've done that. Will they continue it tonight into this week? Opening day. Get your track shoes on. Take 90 feet. That's who the A's got to be. So far, they've done it. It's been a great preseason. We've enjoyed all the guests, previewing all the different teams, spring training sites. Thank you for watching A's Cast Live. A's, Giants, the second game of the Bay Bridge Series next. We'll see everybody opening day, 4 o'clock, right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.